Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray Heron. If this is the first podcast of ours you've listened to, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button and come along for the ride. Later in the show, we're going to bring you another story from Kiwi Rider Magazine. Of course, the magazine is out twice as mu- twice a month, absolutely free for you to read and enjoy. Over 100 pages of Kiwi motorcycling goodness. A whole lot of content up there at kiwirider.co.nz. Check it out. Uh, but let's get into the top five right now. The top five this week is the top five motorcycles picked by my son, my four-year-old son, Oakley. I put 10 motorcycle pictures in front of him. And he's four years old, and I said, pick your top five and tell me why. So in at number five, the top five motorcycles picked by my four-year-old son, number five is the Harley-Davidson Street Glide. When asked why, he said, because it's long and has a big engine, and you can't argue with that. Although it might have a slightly lesser engine output, uh, reasonably comfortable to ride and reasonably practical with those massive panniers that come with it from factory. The top five this week, motorcycles picked by my four-year-old son. Number four, the Suzuki SV650. Why? Because it's nice, it's blue and it's not as angry as the rest. Probably because it's got that big round mono headlight which is quite striking realistically. And the SV650 comes in lambs guys so he'll be able to ride one when he turns 16. Number three of the top five motorcycles picked by my four-year-old son, the Yamaha R7 because it's like what daddy rides. Yep, the R7, same engine as my Tenere 700, the uh, CP2, and has the same logo on the side. Haven't ridden an R7, would like to ride one one day. Number two of the top five motorcycles picked by my four-year-old son, the Motomarini Ciamezzo 6.5 SCR. Because it's because he likes sitting on it in the garage. He does, he comes down, he sits on the on the bike, he makes all the noises, brum brum, uh, he enjoys sitting on the CMSO. And number one on the top five this week, the top five motorcycles picked by my four-year-old son. This one might surprise you. Number one is the Kawasaki Ninja 650. Why? Because it's green. Don't you love kids? Just simple. It's green. I like green. That is the bike I want. And I guess when it comes down to it, that's the allegiances we choose as motorcyclists uh, from a very, very young age. I like blue, and that's probably why I like Yamaha. What do you ride? What do you like? I'd love to hear from you. You can get hold of us, Kiwi Rider Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. That is your top five, the top five motorcycles this week, picked by my four-year-old son. Rightio, this week we are bringing you a story from the latest Kiwi Rider magazine. Go to kiwirider.co.nz to check it out in all its glory, full colour images and all the specs. This story comes from uh, Kiwi Rider 2023, uh, August, Volume 1. Cult Leader. A new bike, a new motor, Suzuki's GSX-8S is here. Ben Wilkins drew the long straw to test it out at the Oceania launch in Australia. Words by editor Ben Wilkins. It's been a while between drinks for Suzuki's new models in general and new engines specifically have have been few and far between in the last decade. Then along came two at the same time. The first time we saw the 800 V-Strom Adventure Machine, which we reviewed in the June Road edition, and now the GSX-8S, a midweight sports naked. Both models feature an all-new motor, and to say that we've been excited to try it out is an understatement. So, let's get into it. It's a gem of a motor. While Suzuki has been upcycling its 650 V-Twin engine for a while, 
and we've loved the models it powered, it was getting a little long in the tooth and trickier to get past emissions regulations. You may have noticed that the V-twin route for middleweight motorcycles is long gone. For a manufacturer, it's far cheaper to produce a parallel twin, and it's also going to be much easier for designers to package a motorcycle around one. V-twins are long, causing problems for placing an oil cooler and radiator without them getting in the way of the front wheel, and then you have to deal with the overly long wheelbase. Recreating the vibe of the old V-twins, the new 800 motor is a parallel twin with a 270 degree firing order to give it that offbeat V sound and drive. While 90 degree Vs are inherently anti-vibe, parallel twins aren't, so Suzuki have come up with an innovative dual balancer system that also acts as a cross balancer, where the rearward balancer is moved downward from the back of the engine to under the crank, reducing additional vibration with the benefit of making the engine shorter front to back and easier to package for a shorter wheelbase. Anyone eyeing up the GSX-8S as a lambs option will be disappointed. There won't be one as it's too big in capacity. There is an A2 licence version for the European market however. Lambs is an outdated scheme based on 650cc machines being prevalent in the market which is not the case these days. Suzuki says the Aussie importers have been lobbying the government to adapt the Euro A1-A2 structure to encompass the modern 800cc twins. If it happens, we might get the same here in New Zealand. Only time will tell. Happy hunting ground. Quiet, grunty, comfortable, jerky. Those were the first thoughts that sprang to mind when leaving Suzuki's launch HQ. Heading up the coast through urban small town areas gave an insight how, as to how the bike will deal with most of its probable environment. The seat is decently supportive, the bars high-ish and pegs low. At 182cm tall, I had loads of room and found it very comfortable. At the presentation, Suzuki's staff had taken us through the electronics suite, including the different power modes. Suzuki calls them SDMS, Suzuki Drive Mode Select. You've got A, B and C. A is sporty and responsive, B slightly softer throttle response, and C for slippery conditions. Around town in A mode, the throttle response was too instant for me. Not bad, but B or C modes were easier by a decent margin. The change between the modes softens the initial throttle opening response, effectively making it feel like there's a bit more slack in the throttle cables, so the power doesn't come on as quickly. I found myself riding in mode A on the open road where the speeds were higher, then switching quickly to mode B on the way into town. This can be done on the fly, just close the throttle, press the mode button twice, once to access the traction control and again for the drive mode. Then press the toggle down and hit mode once again. Sounds tricky, but it became second nature very quickly. Happily the settings you choose stay selected when the bike is switched off and back on again, so there's no more of that faffing around with the buttons every time you start the bike. More manufacturers should take note here. The new motor pulls pretty well from low down in the revs as far as 2500rpm with a slight lugging feel but there's plenty of drive. Keeping it at 3000rpm or above makes town driving less lumpy. 
getting past the urban speed limits once the revs get up to 4,000 RPM at Paul's Well, with a slight lull at 4,500 RPM, before really coming on song at 5,000. This is where it punches really nicely. This mid-range surge works perfectly for most roads and situations. As the engine doesn't need revving, it doesn't seem all that fast, but it is deceptively quick. Short shifting through the gears between 5,000 and 7,000 RPM is the sweet spot. At 100 km per hour, the engine is quietly cruising along at 4,250 RPM, just ready to come into the power range. There's also no need to drop a gear to overtake. Just wind on the throttle and the engine is ready to rock. There's not a lot of point revving the motor hard, it doesn't surge again. The power is very linear all the way through to 9000 RPM. The GSX sports a longer stroke than other engines and one of the reasons why it's such a great mid-range, but no real kick at higher revs. The low end and mid-range make an excellent town bike that's truly zippy from the lights. Suzuki claims 4.2 litres to the 100 kilometres. My bike returned 4.7 with a mix of hooning, motorway and town riding. Let's talk tech. Most notable is the 5-inch TFT LCD display, which is one of the best laid-out displays I've seen on a bike. The unit is your interface to the traction control and rider modes and automatically switches between day and night modes. A nice touch is that it can be set to stay on either one, whatever is your preference. Suzuki says it has used a technique called optical bonding to make the display, which ensures it's easy to read in bright conditions. I never had a problem, even in direct sunlight. There are daytime running lights along the side of the beak that look pretty cool too. As well as the engine modes, the GSX-8S comes with three levels of traction control. It can also be turned off completely, as well as a bi-directional up and down quick shifter fitted as standard. A quick shifter at this price point is a real plus and it works very well, short shifting through the gears at 6,500 RPM or so without the clutch is a treat. The all new chassis. If you took a look at the spec sheet and were a little underwhelmed, I'd totally understand. Non-adjustable front suspension, rear only adjustable for preload. There's not much to drool over here, but it turns out the GSX has an awesome front end with powerful radial brakes, which don't overwhelm the forks. Truly good considering it's non-adjustable. Things at the rear are okay, but not as worthy as up at the front. It's on the softer side, which is fine, but there's some harshness there, most notably over sharp edged bumps. On some of the bigger bumps, I found myself flinching in anticipation. Nothing you can do about it, but an aftermarket shock would work wonders. It's not needed per se, but it did get me wondering. Holding the front and rear together is a taut, responsive, but incredibly forgiving chassis and suspension package, which comes together to make the GSX an exciting, but stable bike. Queensland's back roads are a match for our smaller roads in terms of poor surface and horrible holes and bumps. Great for us to see how the bike will behave on our own crappy roads here in New Zealand. Most bikes feel great on smooth tar seal, but it's how they deal with a bump or two that really matters. Even with mid-corner bumps that momentarily lift the wheels off the ground, the bike soaks it up and tracks true, 
impressive for a non-adjustable budget sports naked. The stock Dunlop Sportmax 2 tyres help a great deal. They grip very well on the road and take a lot of abuse before they start to complain, especially when they're warm. How does the bike do on track though? This isn't a bike that's been designed for the track in any way, shape or form. But Suzuki wanted us to try the bike without having to worry about the overzealous, heavy-handed Australian cops and their exorbitant fines. Happy days. The track, Lakeside International, is tight, sweeping, full of assorted cambers and very bumpy in places. It's fast, with a higher average speed than Phillip Island's MotoGP track. The staff were at pains to tell us how dangerous the track is. In fact, there's a corner nicknamed Hungry because it eats riders. There's a camber change halfway through the corner that unloads the suspension, leaving the tyres with nothing to grip to. With Hungry in mind, I pointed the GSX-8S into the start-finish straight. After a few laps to learn the circuit, I could get a feel for the bike rather than trying to remember where the track went. That 5000 to 7000 RPM punch works really well out of flowing corners. Those revs are exactly where the bike seems to be in the rev range. It doesn't take long before the comfortably low pegs are skimming the track through most of the corners. This is a bumpy track which compresses the rear suspension hard and at times digs the pegs into the track. Testament to the chassis though, it just takes it in its stride and settles down again. I didn't even think about the traction control until someone else asked what mode I'd been using. Set to the least intrusive level, which is number one, it drives well out of the corners with little discernible intervention. Just great drive. Turning the traction control off released a little more performance, showing it had been working without me noticing. The tyres work well too, barely rippling up. Inspiring for a road-specific tyre. The bike is more than fast enough, hitting 199km per hour through the left-hand turn 1 before braking for the tight, bumpy off-camber turn 2. The GSX is a very competent bike on track, despite not having any track pretensions with a set of sticky tyres and some rear set foot pegs for extra ground clearance, it'd be a complete hoot. An aftermarket pipe would have this thing singing a song and maybe release a little at the top end too. It's a definite sleeper. So, the lowdown. The GSX-8S is a great bike. It also has lots of potential. Suzuki owners have long had the reputation for tinkering with their bikes, more often than not fitting an aftermarket silencer, tail tidy, etc. In the true Suzuki mould, the GSX-8S is ripe for individualising, just like the SV650 was for a couple of decades. With some carefully chosen parts, it'll go from great to bloody brilliant, a bike that can grow with you. The GSX-8S does everything right. It looks sharp, goes well and handles beautifully all at the right price, and is set to become a cult machine in its own right. For more information on the Suzuki GSX-8S, full colour pictures and all the specs, go to Kiwi Rider Magazine, August, Volume 1, at kiwirider.co.nz.
There you go. That about wraps up the show this week. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. If you liked it or you didn't, let us know. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search at Kiwi Writer Podcast. Or you can message me, my website, Moto NZ. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're releasing weekly videos. Uh, just search up Moto NZ there. Matthew D. Gillett's website is uh, onthrottle.co.nz. And he does weekly videos there as well on Throttle. Search that out. The magazine, Kiwi Writer Magazine, out twice a month. Absolutely free. Over 100 pages of awesome Kiwi motorcycling content. Go to kiwirider.co.nz to check out the magazine. Uh, And we'd love your feedback. You can email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray here, and thank you so much for listening. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time.